Welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about the weekly dev update video, the lore Q&A, and my thoughts, my two cents, on Duke the Dark Lord. All that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hall Podcast. <laughs> First up on today's docket, let's talk quickly about the weekly dev update video. Now, this dev uh, dev update video came out uh, a day later than we normally anticipate. Typically, it comes out on Wednesdays, but this week it got in on Thursday, and it was pretty short. There was not a whole lot to it, but I did want to mention it because there's some good information, especially regarding the Black Powder Stashes event that is going till the 14th. Now, it is currently the 5th today uh that uh, that it's coming that this episode's coming out on so you just have nine days to get the remainder of the black powder stashes completed now what does that entail well you have to get three of the reaper runs in for the east and west voyages you need to turn in at least 20 gunpowder barrels to each of the different trade companies as well as the equivalent of gems as well to them uh the best bet for that if you're if you're trying to get this done quickly go out get the the barrels from empty uh empty um what am I trying to say? Empty forts. Try, try and go to forts that are not occupied by the skull cloud at the moment. Grab as many barrels as you can. You can typically get somewhere between, I'd say, six to eight per fort, and that can help quickly get those turn-ins for those. Uh, with gems, I would definitely recommend keeping an eye out on islands as you're sailing around, uh, but if you happen to kill megs, uh, I've noticed that a large amount of the gems that I've gotten throughout this event have been coming from killing megalodons. On. So try to get those megs down. It's going to help, especially if you're Pirate Legend, to kill those for the different commendations for the Pirate Legend uh, 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 reputation. The information that we got with the weekly dev update video basically covers that with each of these different monthly updates, uh, they're going to start being a lot better about explaining what is going to be considered time limited versus what's going to be persisting beyond the month update. And that's that's really good to know because a lot of people have missed out on stuff because they thought that it would persist past beyond the actual release period. So each of these events, uh, as mentioned, is going to be a month long, which is nice because it gives you a chance to kind of whittle away at it like I have been doing uh, over the last month so that I can kind of focus on staying up to date with other games or, or try out different things or I I, I may have been watching a, a lot of uh, ghost YouTube videos on on YouTube recently I, I, I'm a little ashamed to say I've probably been watching about six hours worth today but I found a really good playlist it was really really scary anyway Moving into uh, what's going to be considered time limited. So obviously commendations for the black powder stashes are going to be time limited and they're, they're, you can only uh, achieve the, the voyage related ones uh, during the time that black powder stashes is available. As such, the cosmetics for that will also be removed after the update has switched over to dark relics so if you're looking to get those reaper uh, cosmetics the the scorpion figure head as well as the uh, reaper sails and flag make sure that you are working on getting those 
as soon as possible before the update closes. It's not too hard to actually do. In fact, uh, I've, I've been doing some of them with folks from the Keelhaul Discord, but the other ones that I've completed have actually been done uh, just by kind of keeping my distance from people and from storms. Because obviously with mega kegs, it doesn't matter where you put it. If it goes off, it's going to sink your ship. So just be aware, be wise, be uh, safe. Be uh, uh, That's all I got. That's, that's, that's basically it. Anyway, moving into what you should be doing um, with the, the barrels. Uh, make sure that you get those turned in because once this update ends, uh, you will not be able to turn in gunpowder barrels or um, crates to or actually i don't think you can turn the crates into anyone right now i think it's just gems and i think it's just barrels uh that being said you can still turn the the gems into any of the trade companies that's that's always been the case they've always been a very neutral uh type of of turning to gain reputation with any fraction uh, faction that you want but the barrels themselves will not be able to be turned into any of the trade companies, just the Merchant Alliance. Uh, that being said, I would like to know if we can still find barrels to dig up, because with this event, we've been able to dig up mega kegs as well as regular barrels and a lot of crates, which is kind of an interesting idea of how they go about expanding some of the Merchant Alliance reputation. Um, as such, right now we have cargo runs and we have uh, animal farming, for, for lack of a better term. And uh, with, the, with, with this change, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we could get uh, X marks the spot maps that pertain to stashes of supplies for the Merchant Alliance. So essentially, instead of going to the Merchant Alliance and picking up a cargo or picking up a a, a, um, a crate or I, I what do you a shopping list I guess we'll call it a shopping list. Uh, Blackheart will appreciate that. And uh, uh, in, instead of getting one of those two types of quests, you could actually get an X marks the spot type of voyage, and then you just go out similar to how we're doing it right now you dig up the x's you find different things and then you take those to the merchant voyage it would kind of cross that line between what's fun about gold hoarders while still being relevant to merchant alliance and i think they they could do some work there to kind of make that happen uh we we wanted different ways to get bait and they they put in the game that you could dig up bait so i mean if we if we all agree that this would be a new route for us to get merchant alliance reputation while if, I, if i'm being perfectly honest doing merchant alliance rep is actually not that bad i know a lot of people don't like it they don't think it's fun they don't think it's interesting and i think that's because it's the the most removed from what is considered quintessentially a pirate thing to do it is very much a thing that a proper uh, uh, a regular ship, you know, under like uh, an HMS or a USS would, would do something that's under a government, government uh, sanctioned or a company given command to go out and get these these things and trade them and use them for for cargo and whatnot if all that made sense great because i'm not sure that i actually truly understood what i just said but that's why i record it because then i can just listen back and be like oh yeah that was pretty smart that's a, he's a smart guy there not really we'll go on um with the premium ship cosmetics uh joe talked about 
microtransactions. And th this is something that's going to be uh, kind of a, a hotbed for conversation as we lead into the future of what Sea of Thieves means when it comes to to parting with our, our money. Uh, Rare's going to actually start asking us for microtransaction payments if we want cosmetics. And to really kind of, of emphasize what the goal of the microtransactions are going to be, they say that the microtransactions that they're going to be doing for cosmetic related uh, things that, that pertain to like rare intellectual property. So like I mentioned last week, definitely could see us getting some Conker's Bad Fur Day. Uh, I was passing a photo between me and um, Zup, who's a crew of the Eerie. And uh, we, we were thinking um, that Conker's Bad Fur Day would be great because there's a, an image of the game over with Conker wrapped up. He's bound by a, um, by a, a, a rope. And it would look hilarious if he was just if it looked like he was tied to the front of a mast or not a mast, uh, the uh, the bowsprit. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we were, we were expecting. Um, I guess that some people were concerned that that rare that rare wouldn't be putting out more cosmetics and you would only get new cosmetics through microtransactions, which. I don't I don't know who got that idea if you got that idea if you if you seriously actually did think and I'm not saying that what you thought is isn't isn't valid because they didn't really explain like what how that related into normal cosmetics but if you did think that please let me know because I'd, I'd love to know how you kind of came around to that feeling but I was always under the impression that what we were going to be getting for microtransactions is kind of the long game for what Rare was planning to do with cosmetics that would normally be made available Available through uh, through through conventions, through cons, through through gaming events. You know everything that we've had up until now has all been associated with either a special event that they put into the game that was only available for a month and you had to buy it. And if you missed out on it, that's you missed out on it because you didn't play the game during that time or you just didn't know that it was limited and uh, everything else was all well everything else i should say the huntress and the spinal figureheads were all just available through codes from san diego comic-con and new york comic-con so with the um with microtransactions coming into the game, this is going to afford us the opportunity to be able to get these codes in a way that's a lot more direct and and quicker than having to purchase something through Rare Store during a certain weekend to get a code while we wait for our stuff to get shipped overseas uh, from from the the current or from the the. Uh, the store that was was handling all the merchandise and I, I'd much rather have that to be perfectly honest I think it's a lot more of a streamlined means of giving us the content that we want at an agreed term for digital goods and I, I would much rather know exactly how much I'm paying for something and knowing exactly what I want to get and being able to pick and choose you know like is this something that I necessarily need and just to reiterate I really do want to see some some good charity cosmetics come to the microtransaction world for Sea of Thieves. Uh, we've had some good rep, uh, good people come out and say that the special effect group that they've already done work with Rare in the past uh, would be a great uh, opportunity for us to support um, getting uh, uh, differently abled gamers an opportunity to play Sea of Thieves and be pirates and have fun in our world uh, if they aren't already. And also things like breast 
cancer awareness or cancer awareness in general. Um, another suggestion was uh, uh, climate change and, and getting more funds to, to research to be able to help improve our world to make sure that while we're hanging out in a really cool kind of isolated world experience in Sea of Thieves that we aren't totally neglecting our world and making sure that we're taking care of the environment as well plenty of different causes out there i could go on about taking care of animals and, and homeless uh, 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 pets as well as people tons of different disaster relief things that we could do there's so many uh, causes out there that that could definitely be benefited from us uh, taking part in special events where rare is offering certain cosmetics to help support charities or causes things like that to to kind of help enrich the world while you know being selfish with our cosmetics at the same time I, I'm definitely down for it that being said uh, and I know I say that a lot but to, to get back to the point that I was making the normal cosmetics aren't going anywhere you don't have to worry about us not getting new types of cosmetics because rest assured rare has tons of different ideas of different things that could be coming to the game and as such uh, they want to make sure that that stuff is put into the game so that we can enjoy it you know they love drawing up different cosmetic styles and types and they want to make sure that people are enjoying that as well too so if they do it and they lock it behind uh, tall tales and achieving those I'm even more for it because then it shows that the people that have those cosmetics have put in the effort to actually complete the required recommendations to get those cosmetics but at the same time i also want just the straight flat spend your gold get the gold out of the out of the economy and uh, well it's not even an economy because it's all personal co cosmetics and stuff so there's not like we're trading money for anything in the game we're not trading goods for anything so everyone's personal amount of gold is all independent uh compared to the rest of the the, the pirates in the world so it's it, that that yeah i'm 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 trying super hard right now i'm trying really really hard i don't want to dive into that that rabbit hole of uh talking about how to get gold out of the sea of thieves world in exchange for session based resources to to try and make sure that pirates aren't sitting with millions of gold and nothing to spend it on i'm i'm fighting that right now but i kind of summarized it in case you missed out on last week's episode um and uh, really, that's that was about it as far as the developer update goes. Uh, they talked a little bit about Twitch Rivals. I don't want to get into that too much because we kind of already know what, what was going on. It was a great chance for us to see some high caliber play from some great teams out in the Twitch world. And, uh, and, and they're going to keep working on Arena. It's going to take a lot of time. It took a year for Sea of Thieves to get to a point where they feel like they've got a great balance between PvP and PvE in Adventure, as well as some good lore and some good diversity as well as, as far as uh, uh, emergent threats and um, quest opportunities for you to kind of go out and try out different things or decide how you want to play the game or what you want to do in the world. So I think it's time we're going to I'm going to I'm going to start off in the lore. Let's go to lore Q&A. All right, pirates. So next up on today's docket, let's talk about the live 
Q&A for lore that we got with Andy Preston, who is the senior video game designer at Rare, uh, works with his wife to help make sure that the game's uh, design for what we do in the world gets fleshed out and then worked on, as well as Mike Chapman, who er, who is basically the, the head honcho when it comes to what the world of Sea of Thieves is going to turn into. He is the design director, so everything kind of goes in, uh, comes from him. He is the 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 person who says it all and then we get to experience it as such um if you don't know who these folks are they are the ones that are making our game uh, uh the world that it is and they sat down for an hour just an hour we only got one full hour of mike chapman and andy preston asking us all the or answering uh the questions that we posed on the forum thread so i thankfully i woke up early i usually sleep past the time that this would have been going on i woke up and I sat down, typed out a bunch of the questions that I've been thinking about over the last few days uh, out of my notebook, posted those all onto uh, the forums, and they were subsequently answered. And I wanted to dive into um, some of the, the questions that were asked as well as the stuff that I got to see. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually really kind of cool. It's really kind of interesting. So I'm going to read through these, and then I'm going to record them so that you get a, a clean read of them as opposed to me stumbling over words or uh, grammar. So Leith, Lethality1 asks in the forums, it would be cool if the Tall Tales books could show somewhere on our ship once completed on a bookshelf, maybe. Further, the system could automatically show the combined list of completed books for everyone in the crew, and you can vote on them from there as a bonus. Any chance of something like this? Mike responds, love this idea, something we've discussed extensively, but we'd lose the specific cutscenes that happen at NPCs. However, for completionists, to show you've mastered the tales, it's a nice idea. Muse on the forums asks, do you think we'll be seeing a short Tall Tales series for Pirate Legends? maybe based on the crew of the Athena's fortune. It would be great, a great way for players to be able to earn the ghostly eyes curse of the mysterious strangers. P.S. As a composer myself, I could hear the influence from the Shawshank Redemption end credits theme in the Shores of Gold becalmed arrangement. Very char charming. Robin Beanlin is brilliant. So Andy responds to this and says, Would love to build some tall tales exclusively for pirate legends would be very cool to build something custom for our most engaged players also love the idea of building a curse around the mysterious stranger's eyes something i myself am actually very interested in marius asks uh will we see more curses specifically unlockable cosmetics for our pets including pet curses in the future can't wait for the next tall tale can we get an idea of when the next tall tale will be released and will they become more consistently released like the bilge rat monthly adventures are rolling out now thank you and keep up the amazing work mike responds yes the curses that we delivered that were delivered as part of the shores of gold is just the start while we have new some new stories that we're excited to tell a lot of the work we're doing at the moment is trying to ensure that we can make them a regular thing for players lots of opportunities for episodic storytelling thor von blitz 
Blitz asks, Did you folks ever play with the idea of a giant boulder, a la Raiders of the Lost Ark, chasing you down a pathway on Tribute Peak? And, if yes, why did you ultimately discard the idea? How many more unrealized trap concepts are still out there? What crazy ideas did the team come up with? And Andy responds, I, this idea is cool. We didn't specifically have the boulder chasing you, but we did play with the idea of a large boulder dropping from the ceiling of some rooms. And this is just me kind of saying aside, uh, this seems very much like the uh, Goonies scene as they're walking through and hitting triggers and uh, some of the big boulders were dropping down. And I, I think that was how one of them might have actually gotten Chester Copperpot or Copperpot. Can't quite remember. Uh, getting back to Andy's response, we also had prototypes of tripwires and some other traps as part of development and have some new ideas for future traps and mechanisms that we're very excited about, both as part of new tall tales, but also to enrich the emergent sand sandbox further. Um, just to kind of reflect on this, this was a great question by Thor, so thank you, Thor, for putting this out there. I love the idea of getting traps in the world that aren't in that aren't beholden to tall tales, something that is just something in the world that can happen and there's a chance uh, an rng if you will based around the idea that sometimes you'll walk through an area that you've walked through multiple times and if you touch something or you pick up a chest that's been sitting on a on a, a, a stone uh, trigger for a while then very similar to what he's talking about where a giant boulder falls down and starts rolling towards you you uh, actually activate the trap by trying to take the treasure and you'll never know what the treasure is or or if it's a trap and it's not until you actually uh, grab that treasure that you realize that you're actually setting off a booby trap. Next, I'm going to cover some of the questions that I put in at first that were then answered. Uh, so keep in mind, I asked a few questions all in one block and Mike actually goes through those one by one to help kind of answer them. So the first one being others are starting to finally believe that Duke is the Dark Lord. Have I been right all this time? Is Duke the Dark Lord? Uh, Mike writes back, Hi, Captain. Uh, I can confirm that Duke is not a Dark Lord. Winky smiley. Or winking smiley face. However, Duke's story has a story to tell in the future. Um, I'm going to cover this in the in a later section in this episode because I, I have some interesting thoughts about uh, Duke. And uh, there's some stuff that was pointed out to me that I, I then did some digging and I asked on Twitter. Got some interesting answers, and I want to talk a little bit about the future of Duke. But as far as uh, as Mike is saying, he's not. Uh, he's he's confirming that Duke is not a Dark Lord yet. Well, he doesn't say yet. I say yet. If anyone that watched Star Wars knows. Darth Vader didn't start out Darth Vader. Darth Vader started out as Anakin. We got some weird prequels that uh, the millennials like, and I don't. And then we got Darth Vader uh, out of Rogue One, which was the, the, the coolest one. I knew, God, mm, I told myself I wasn't going to get into this in one of the other podcasts, didn't I? I said I wasn't going to talk about this. I ended up doing it. I'm leaving it in. I recorded too much already. You're just going to have to live with my decisions. Um, if you if you stop listening to this podcast, tell me because that's that's if that if that was the breaking point, I, I have to know. Anyway, Duke is not currently a Dark Lord. Uh, currently a Dark Lord. Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions I asked was others are start or no, pff, I'm rereading the same thing. Can you lay out the timeline for when Tales from the Sea of Thieves, which is the first book they released at launch, 
uh, Athena's Fortune, which they released in October after launch, and the comics, uh, which they released uh, later throughout the year in relation to current Sea of Thieves. Mike responds, generally the events of Athena's Fortune are 35 years in the past, and the events of the Sea of Thieves comics are 10 years in the past, obviously before DeMarco and Lissetti founded the, De the, the Sea Dogs. So that kind of gives us an idea for at least two of those things. Uh, we don't know about the tales from the Sea of Thieves, so we don't actually know how old Bell and Nura are. Uh, we don't know how old Flameheart is, if, he's, if he was uh, close to being an adult or not, or how how much in the past it was in comparison to Athena's fortune, which is, it's a very interesting thing for him to leave out. Uh, and I think that's because we, we might be getting more information about that sooner rather than later in the game. Um, but keep in mind, all the stuff that happened in Athena's Fortune, that was 35 years ago. All the stuff that happened in the comics about uh, DeMarco and Lissetti getting the quests to go seek out their father's fortune in the Sea of Thieves, 10 years ago. And it's been 10 years since those comics before they founded the Sea Dogs. And what happens in between then is interesting because they've, they've been kind of at each other's throats their whole their whole lives they've always been rivals and uh, for them to, to come together to found the sea dogs is interesting especially given some of the um, some of the NPCs in the sea dogs who seem to be harboring some animosity towards them um, if, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to go out to the sea dog tavern there's a, a couple couple of or, uh, paintings out there with uh, uh, Lissetti and DeMarco and there's some daggers in them and uh, there's a, a, a woman who's who's not very content with uh, the current leadership of the sea dogs uh, someone who i think we might be actually getting some more uh, lore about or maybe becoming a bigger part of the sea of thieves lore in the future um, more on that when when it becomes more relevant that's i don't know a whole lot but uh, i know she's going to be important so um the moving on let's uh say so my next question was um when can we expect the official release for the trading company comics uh mike says there's no plans currently to release the trading company comics but would like to as well as uh, new related stories so ba based on that from what i can gather is the trading company comic that is currently available through comiXology and amazon something that i don't think is supposed to be out but for some reason amazon keeps flubbing this up and uh, we keep seeing it uh, show up is not intended to be out yet and uh, the the full line of trading company comics which i imagine there's probably going to be at least three because we have three trading companies will come out when they have new related stories and what that means to me is when there's something in the game that makes it relevant for us to know more about the history of how those trading companies came into being which is interesting because it was about a year ago that they announced that. Uh, it was at the end of uh, at New York Comic Con 2018 at the end of August that they mentioned that they were doing comics based on the the uh, origination for the, the trading company, um, uh, the trade companies. And uh, I think that was, yeah, yeah. So uh, moving on. I wanted to know. I wanted to ask, so I asked. In Sea of Thieves, there is no mention of the Pirate Lord's real name. 
There's not. I, I don't think I've ever seen anywhere in the game that has ever stated that the Pirate Lord is Ramses. Uh, we've seen paintings of him in the Sea Dog Tavern through Arena where he is normal. And you can you can understand that there's a relation there. But if you haven't read Athena's Fortune, you don't know that. As far as we know, DeMarco and Lissetti don't know about their father in game or him becoming the pirate legend ghost. Do they know about their father or are they unaware of the pirate legend tavern? So Mike responds, DeMarco and Lissetti are aware of their father as a ghost and know of Athena's fortune tavern. He doesn't expound upon this. He doesn't, he doesn't go into any other detail about how they know, when they found out, what brought them to see a thieves aside from their, from their father's will, or have they actually gone to visit their father. We don't know if they're pirate legend. We don't know if they've been into the, uh, into the, into the tavern to, to see him at all. And I really, I really want to see where their story ends up because that's that it's such a weird thing it's such a weird thing that they that they were um that they were they were, you know he went back 35 years ago he went back he had kids 10 years ago they they uh they they found out about the will and they went to go search for their father's treasure fast forward they found the the sea dogs and make it to the make it to the the sea of thieves don't know if they've ever decided to go visit their father too busy being competitive super weird to me um moving on to my next question that i had for them in sea of thieves uh or no no, no. gosh i keep doing this uh now that we have working hatches on the uh on the brigantine and uh sloop can we get working doors on the galleons if you know the cabins the captain's cabin has two doors neither of them work uh i would just love for them to be able to work so you can actually lock up the captain's cabin so you could have a captain in his cabin and be like no i'm just gonna sit in here and work on stuff i don't know what but i'm gonna do something in here and if you need me you knock you knock or you ring that bell I think that'd be really cool. Um, so Mike responds, doors are a little more complex, but we have had them in the Sea of Thieves prototype early in development and want to bring them to the game. Would be great to slam the door in a crewmate's face. And yeah, that's I think that's great. Also, we found out that the Silverblade cosmetics that are available from the Insiders program are actually Captain Flameheart's ship cosmetics. Uh, he says, yes, the Silverblade is the same design as the one featured in Tales from the Sea of Thieves. So I, I think that's kind of cool. You know, we you know when it, it dawned on me a while back that the silver blade is the same name of cosmetics as uh the the ship that flameheart sails in tales of sea of thieves which if you haven't read that it's a very interesting read i think it's going to be super relevant in the next few months uh as we kind of get closer and closer to revealing what the next bit of story or lore is going to be now that we've already done the the um now that we've done the gold hoarder i want to see what we're going to do next and flameheart has always been one of those teams we don't know when he's coming, but I imagine that if you're interested to learn more about him, that uh, either you know let me know and I'll see if I can summarize the tale of Sea of Thieves in, a, in an episode, or uh, grab the book and, and read through it. Uh, it's an it's a really interesting thing. So. Um, 
that did it for my first round of questions and it's kind of funny because Mike ends the response with come on captain make me sweat at which point I was triggered I was super triggered I was like how dare he those are good questions you want hard questions Mike Chapman I'll give you hard questions and I started clacking away at my keyboard and I had I had my cats bring in they, they walked in with torches in their mouth and I was like no 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 it's okay it's okay we're not going to England just yet and they're like okay meow and they walked off and they put the torches back in the closet because you got to keep things clean around the apartment so I decided to dig up and go into some other uh, some some really really good questions that I that I, I was hoping to get answered. I posted them. They didn't answer them. I tagged them on Twitter, and then Mike spent another like two hours actually going through all of the questions on the rest of the uh, the forum and answering them as much as possible. So I went in and. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read you off the questions and answers that I posed to to Mike that was that was done after uh, the the actual event was done and I, I just want to say thanks Mike if you're listening uh, I really did appreciate that you took the time to actually kind of respond to these because I I, I really love that, um, that that you're that dedicated to making sure that you're giving us as much information about the game as you feel worthy so I wrote, I, re- I responded back. I said, since you answered the softball questions, just wondering when we'll get to dive, quote unquote, into Bell and Nura's story and how long will it be before we understand more about their connection to the Sea of the Damned, as well as their connection to the ferryman? Mike responds, would like to explore more of Bell and Nura's story, as well as the Sea of the Damned all up. There's a flow of a wider story we want to tell with tiny hints in monthly activities right now. Obviously, future tall tales will flesh this out further. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I can't wait for this, the Sea of the Damned stuff. I know that there's been there's been conversations around having curses to turn into ghosts and undead, and I can't wait for that kind of stuff to find out how that works out, to find out why Bell is now uh, um, looks undead uh, based on the statue that you guys have of her. Uh, moving into where is Stitcher Jim, and has he decided to side with Captain Flameheart Jr. after finding out what's in the box of wondrous secrets and realizing that Captain Flameheart is a better quote-unquote boss to follow than Rathbone, the gold hoarder. Mike responds, regarding Stitcher Jim, I hear a bunch of the ragtag pirates defeated the gold hoarder. Clearly, nothing comes of greed. But beyond this, what could truly change Stitcher's heart? All I can say is that his allegiance has changed. So, that right there tells me all I need to know. We'll see Stitcher Jim again. We don't know when. We don't know in what capacity. He could be undead. He could be normal. But he has definitely changed changed who he's following. He disappeared shortly after Forsaken Shores, and we haven't heard tale of him. And he didn't show up when we uh, laid siege to Tribute Peak to hunt down the Gold Hoarder and uh, claim his skull for our own. So, expect to see him soon. The next question I had is the box of wondrous secrets being sent to Captain Flameheart and who is the key, who is his keeper? Will we ever find out more about his father who adopted him? Now, if you haven't read Tales of the or Tales of the Sea of Thieves, that's kind of a big like what are you talking about? Well, in the book, it talks about 
Captain Flameheart's father, who had the same name, Flameheart, which would make Captain Flameheart Jr., kind of Indiana Jones. And with that, uh, we don't know who his actual parents were because in the book it explains that Captain Flameheart Sr. is dead and that Captain Flameheart Jr. is uh, adopted. So we do know that uh, thanks to the, the alphabet, the small bit of alphabet that we get from the Tall Tale 8 with uh, Revenge of the Morning Star, that there are ruins in the game that mean different things and using that that kind of rosetta stone uh it's been uh translated and and pointed out especially by falcor that the uh that the the box of wonderous secrets has the the words to captain Fl- or to flameheart and that is definitely kind of like a postage box that's or basically or an envelope saying hey this is the flame heart we don't know what's in it but whatever's in it is definitely something that kind of made stitcher jim's personality change the next question i asked i didn't actually expect a, an answer to but uh, what i got is something that i'm actually still pretty comfortable with i asked mike how far out before we get a new area in the sea of thieves the area to the south has been in the shroud for some time and we don't know we don't have a solid idea of where the wreck of the silver blade is and what i'm referencing deals with the tale of sea of thieves book we know that captain flameheart's ship sank and that there was a cursed chest which is what incentivized bell and nura to go find and we know that wanda the warsmith or captain warsmith went out and found the cannon uh, or a cannon from the silver blade and used that to try and uh, smelt the metal down to make the cursed cannonballs or at least use the energy or the magic from that to make the cursed cannonballs and because of that i i know that there are people in the game that have well not necessarily all in the game but some of the people in the game know where the uh wreck is possibly even salty and the area to the south has been kind of cordoned off for now it's a different a different area compared to where the uh devil's roar is And we know now that the top right corner is reserved for Tribute Peak, something that is still shrouded, uh, literally, from the rest of Sea of Thieves, uh, and that the bottom area is completely undeveloped, or at least as far as we know. It could very well be developed, but we just don't know what's down there because we don't have a safe means of traveling to it. So... The, that's kind of the, empath- the emphasis or the origin of that question. And Mike responds um, that new areas would be awesome and would like to do more than just expanding out again. Nothing to confirm, though. It takes a lot of time and would like to do more with the gameplay rather than just change the look of islands. So what he's saying here is they're looking at doing something similar to the way they developed the Devil's Roar. Uh, The Devil's Roar is not just another set of islands, but it's a carefully designed environment that is balanced based around volcanoes as well as geysers and water. And there were some criticisms with the Forsaken Shores. We didn't have uh, actual lava flows. We had just kind of hot areas. Uh, we didn't have new types of enemies in that area, uh, like you know molten lava or um, um, magma uh, uh, skeletons to deal with, you know, coated in, in uh, hot lava, things like that. And 
to hear him say that they want to do something that's more special that that's something that's more interesting than just changing the look of of islands so it's not just like a, a frozen wastes area or it's not just a, a marshy swamp area is kind of fitting for for what i would expect for them to do they've they've got a good foundation with the three c's and they've they've kind of built and expanded upon that to make a harder area like the forsaken shores and as such the next area if we're going to be given another set of islands should be something that really kind of takes advantage of the tools that we have now the mechanics that we have now and having islands that have already like traps built into them uh varying types of voyages built into them new interesting uh, uh um, dangers as far as like ai threats on them uh it, it, new interactions with um, areas that we can go into there's there's teases about using rowboats to get into different areas and and kind of building worlds or environments that, that allow you to really have to use a rowboat to get in and out of areas because it's not safe to bring a ship in things like that i i really can't stress just how much happier i am knowing that the next area we get will will really kind of take that into consideration so i'm 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 okay, I'm okay for now with that the next question that i had will that area be tied to merfolk in a future content patch and if so what are the real purposes for the mer people statues that duke the dark lord has us destroying for gems mike says that merfolk will be explored and the mermaid statues explained so much more than meets the eye just to set expectations though this is for the future not this year and that's that's kind of really an interesting thought that what they have planned for us right now is so much further than what we currently think that they're that they're working on like i i imagine right now they're probably about six months out so this is august i imagine that they probably got up to about february worked out and that content is currently being made for stuff around september october and november and that as uh august comes out and september comes out we'll probably start to hear more about some of the bigger things that are going to be coming in the sea of thieves world uh revolving whatever they're doing on the island uh out the uncharted island with the digging um so with dark relics we'll probably find out uh there's more stuff to come with the lore as they said that they're going to be expanding upon uh storytelling through these these monthly updates there is a lot of other stuff that uh was in the q a i'm going to put a link in there um i'm going to take a quick second give you a, a little break i'm going to dig in see if i can find anything that would be uh worth mentioning outside of the stuff that i asked and other people asked uh to see if there's something that you guys would appreciate all right so i did find one other question this one actually comes to us from zupski uh from the keelhaul discord you can talk with him if you have any follow-up questions for him he writes in and says ahoy mike and andy thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us a couple questions regarding revenge of the morning star in the future of sea of thieves it was hinted by eavesdropping skelly conversations that the chalice of resurrection is the same chalice that captain flameheart found in the lore book now after we've defeated gray morrow we sort of left the chalice 
and Captain Douglas's skull as we ran off with a piece of the Shroud Breaker. Will leaving those items behind come back into play in the future? And also, will we learn more about Captain Douglas and his glorious skull and why Greymorrow wanted to resurrect him? And finally, Greymorrow never dropped his skull. He could still be out there, right? So Mike responds and says, so Captain Douglas is a character in the Athena's Fortune novel, something I actually forgot, that while still human was affected by a quote-unquote encrusting curse. Many decades later, you obviously see him with the crystal gross on his skull, uh, something that I hope we see skeletons have in the future. And the, uh, I just lost my spot. The Chalice of Resurrection belongs to Greymorrow. And he uses it to draw his forces to him by resurrecting the dormant ones that have previously died but can be brought back. Both Douglas and the Chalice could be seen again. At the very least, you'll learn more about Greymorrow in the future. And I thought this was pretty interesting because um, with the Chalice of Resurrection, we, we now have two different things in the world that revolve around uh, reversion or, or reverting or, or using powers to bring people to different states of, of life and death. Um, we know that Briggsy was wanting to be turned back to a human. She didn't want to be a skeleton lord. Uh, she never asked for this. And we know that Greymorrow is willing to resurrect and enslave other captains so that he can have an army of undead um i'm really interested to know uh if we're going to have any kind of redemption stories for skeleton lords to turn back into their humans or if that's even a possibility and i also want to see Greymorrow come back with a fleet to take us on something that is kind of like the emergent ships in the world and by the way according to the q a that skeleton ships will now uh are, are going to be coming back in the world that are emergent um and the question that was was brought to us was micro 666 who asked if skelly sloops would be a thing in the world uh not just limited to to the battle the ship battle clouds which i 100 percent agree with I, i'm looking forward to the day uh where we'll actually get to see some skelly sloops out on the seas so that it's not always just the big bolster uh, uh galleons out there that are uh tricking us into thinking that there's a bunch of galleons on the server um there were some interesting things that I had asked uh, Mike about and um, wanted to know more if, if it was going to be possible. And one of the questions in the Q&A actually asked something about this. And it was, uh, I, I love the, uh, Micro asked again, I love the Ferryman's Lantern in Tale 8. Would love to see this used in the future for quote unquote discovering hidden items out in the world, secret stashes or something even better. To which Andy responds with a winky face. Um, this was something that I posed to Mike uh, as, a, as an idea just to kind of throw out into the ether so that that could be something we could talk about in the future. And um, my idea revolved around the lantern that we have um, being a way to kind of take a look into the past uh, in the Sea of Thieves. So 
if you've done the tall tales that you know that there's um the tale with uh uh, uh Briggsy and you see the crayon drawings in the book as she she uh, pierces a kraken against the rocks of crooked masts and uh um, um you see the skeleton with the ship at crooked masts and you actually see that that event happened in the game and I was thinking it would be really kind of cool if we had the opportunity to take the ferryman's lantern, which we don't get to keep, out to those areas and, and raise them up and actually look and see like, oh man, this is the the events that unfolded when when this actually happened. Like this was the moment where these, where these creatures died. So you could actually see like the ship crashing into the body of a kraken and seeing it against the rocks. Couldn't you imagine the body of the kraken? smashed up against the rocks pierced by a ship it would look great knowing what the body of the kraken would look like against rocks with the ship piercing it as Briggsy reigned victorious killing the body of a kraken and uh and other things too you know, like have, having the opportunity to see skeleton captains uh, as you're fighting them, to raise up the lantern and see them like in their normal pirate looking face. You know, like we, we all look like pirates. We're all just living pirates, but we don't look like skeletons unless we have that weird bug, which I still think is a really funny bug. But um, to be able to raise up a lantern as you're fighting a skeleton captain and see what that pirate looked like, at, like in, in the, in that moment, it would just look really creepy. It'd be like skeleton, lift up the lantern, crazy looking pirate. And each of the pirates could have, you know, a, a set of different looks to them. Cause right now they have their clothing, but the clothing is unique to them. And it just kind of depends on which ones spawn hashtag hunt captain Logan. And, uh, you know to be able to use a, a lantern from the ferryman to be, to see what old pirates uh that are undead pirates used to look like would be kind of a cool idea um i don't know if that's in the books i don't know if that's something that's even feasible something like doors on a galleon working it's just a matter of like is is that going to be something that actually works in the game and if so how are they going to manage to fit it in with all the other stuff that they have planned um, that's going to do it for the Q and a, cause this episode's already going pretty long. There was a lot, and I know you lore hounds really love this stuff and it was a lot to kind of digest. That was kind of the, the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's a lot of other stuff as far as like, you know, are we getting more, uh, shanties? Will we be able to get banjos? Um, are, are we planning on having more trips back to the shores of gold? Uh, so that we're doing different stuff there. Uh, what happened to Gloria, the mysterious stranger, or what happened to Yura on the North Sea, uh, star post after, uh, Suds replaced her. Things like that are all things that were simple answers. That was like, they'll be back. They're happy. They're alive. They were eaten by a shark. Uh, uh, no, we won't be. Um, we'd love to. Those are kind of the, the typical short answers that they gave for a lot of the different stuff. Um, with that, I think I've got one first mate's log that I'm going to cover. Let me double check that. If you don't hear it, don't hate me, but let me double check. pirates so you're never gonna believe this uh but this part of the podcast is actually being recorded after i'm done with the podcast so 
if it feels kind of hard hard just like injected right into the middle of something and it doesn't make sense why i'm talking about this instead of the first mate's log it's because i totally forgot to talk about duke i got done with all the q a and then i was excited and i looked at the time and i was like oh my god i talked so much about q a i need to talk about the first mate's log and get you guys out of here and then i realized i hadn't i hadn't even talked about duke the dark lord so getting into what i wanted to talk about the whole the whole stuff that i was thinking about with with duke uh actually kind of ties into something that was answered in the q a uh earlier this this week and there's been a couple of videos out by the content creators uh that that falcor's done that that uh the crow's nest has done talking about who duke is and why we should be skeptical of him now i <laughs> i've been skeptical of this dude for a long time ever since he's like hey go destroy statues and i'm like why and he's like for gold and i'm like okay and uh you know I've, I've started calling him the dark lord and mike has said that he's not a dark lord but i argue that you know he could still be in the future we just don't know everyone has turning points but for right now he's helping us in a way well he's got an interesting story so far and there's a lot to his history that we don't know and one of the things that i wanted to kind of touch on is who dark who, who duke uh the soon-to-be dark lord is and the reason i bring this up is kind of because i can't do youtube videos but also because i think that there's going to be a lot more about him that we haven't heard of yet so in in the game he's always been the bilge rat uh adventures guy he's always been part of the bilge rats even though there's only one bilge rat and he says that he wants to put the bilge rats on the map that he wants to gain favor with the trade companies so i i was writing this up as i was kind of thinking about it and the the thing that i wanted to talk about is that duke the dark lord used to be a weapons merchant and the way that you can tell this is because of a tattoo that he has down on his lower belly where i think i think your appendix is supposed to be uh and he's recently been looking to gain favor with the trade companies he wants to make the bilge rats a thing and if given the chance i'm wondering if the bilge rats will become their own vendor and not to say that this is something where they're going to be like a vendor on top of the order of souls uh building i think that that's that's kind of reserved right now for the pirate emporium where we're going to be able to, to buy microtransactions but we still don't know what what's in the second level to the tavern and he seems to like the tavern so i'm wondering if maybe at some point we'll actually see what what's in the second story to the tavern because the stairs have always just been broken but maybe the stairs get fixed in all of the taverns and that becomes an opened up area who knows but we already have a weapons shop and why would a former weapons merchant want to make uh, stuff want, want to make the build rats a thing well my theory has to do with his past and i asked Ma mike about this uh, casually just didn't didn't really mention it or why where i came up with the idea or how i thought about this but i asked him what kind of weapons did duke make so he responded on twitter and he said that there was the uh, uh bilge buster grenade and uh a radistar which i mike if you're listening dude you got to explain that because i did some digging and i can't find anything i don't understand what a radistar is uh other than like a ninja star but shaped like a rat and but the but the thing that kind of had me interesting 
ties into the the podcast episode that uh, Falcor and I did the other day, where we we had kind of come up with um, um, an idea for like a skull grenade or a coconut grenade, and for Duke to build something called a bilge buster grenade now keep in mind never anything that mike usually says is part joking but part canon you know he comes up with everything as far as like stuff that's in lore and what he says is kind of like canon so i when he says like the bilge buster grenade i take him for his word and think that okay well at some point duke made hand grenades uh somehow and i think that would be really kind of cool if we started to get some different types of weapons now they've they've said that they're interested in getting different types of weapons in the game at some point but they've also said that they want new ammo types and that's kind of where i'm leaning that's kind of where i'm thinking like well what would duke make what he's already given us ship cosmetics for the build rat updates but he used to be a a weapons maker and for someone that makes weapons it doesn't seem like he he would really want to give that up that's kind of his forte so i think that at some point we're gonna see duke offer us different ammo types and the reason i think that is because the last time we had a weapons merchant go astray and leave their their shop was wanda that's right captain warsmith used to be a weapons merchant much like much like salty and with wanda she made the cursed cannonballs which is a different ammo type for the game and i'm starting to wonder if maybe that same drive that same passion is something that duke would have he always wants to be out there. He always wants to get get go out there and explore, you know, get some scars. All the kind of one-liners that he tosses at you while while he sends you out on these dangerous voyages. I think he's going to be the 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 go-to person when it comes to getting different ammo types. Now, I I don't know what ammo types we could be talking about here if we're talking like actual shots for your pistol, if you could get like a specific type of ammo that fills your gun with five specific shots of a type of ammo, or maybe it's different cannonballs. Uh, I have no clue, I, I really don't. But it would make sense because one of the things that we learned about tattoos is they tend to be pretty significant in Sea of Thieves. They tell tales of what you've done in the game, and a lot of people are very particular about the type of tattoo set that they wear. And we also know that from Stitcher Jim and the gold hoarder that is posted out on Morrow's Outpost, that the that stitcher jim used to be a gold hoarder now obviously if you've read the athena's fortune you know that he was in line or he was in league with uh, rathbone and who became the gold hoarder so obviously him having the tattoo of a gold hoarder makes sense but it's still one of those things where i think okay well all the gold hoarders have tattoos uh to to indicate what trade faction they are and I wonder if the merchants have the same things. Because if you go to any of the weapons merchants and you look at the apron and then you take a look at the actual um, the actual tattoo that's on Duke's belly, uh, they're the same image. Now, obviously, Duke's is covered up a little bit by his vest, but it is definitely clear that that is the same exact tattoo. And I went back and I took a look at some of the old photos that I've taken of Duke. And while not all of them have shown his tattoo down there uh, because they've been covered, the ones that showed them were definitely dating as far back as at least December uh, when, when I was able to find the Yule Log video that 
I did with him in front of the fireplace, uh, he actually had that tattoo. So this isn't something recent. This is definitely something that's been in the lore for a while, that he is a former weapons merchant gone bilge rat and that he wants to make the next bilge rat company uh, a big deal in Sea of Thieves. And what better way to do that than offer something that no one else has? types of ammo what do you think am i way off base is it strange that we're going after dark relics in the next update who knows we'll have to find out but for me personally it's going to be really hard to trust duke until i see some concrete evidence that he has my best interests at heart and if he keeps sending me out to destroy things or get destroyed i'm gonna have a little bit harder time believing him so now Let's actually get on to the first mate's log. All right, pirates. Wow, that was a lot of lore Q&A. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope there was a lot of information, but we're not quite done. I've got a couple other things I want to tell you about, and that kind of deals with the community because, as, as we all know, this game is all about us the community and making this game what it is so i got a couple first mates logs in actually i got a lot of first mates logs in at the discord server you too can join us on the discord server links are always in the show notes as well as my personal twitter profile you can always uh, join up ask me for a link i can get you information about how to join up if you're not familiar with discord it's just a chat place it's just a forum for us to sit down we've got tens of different channels for people to chat with about sea of thieves about different games about uh, consoles real life just to have fun just to have a good place to hang out it's kind of like um, having your own pi private uh, pirate uh, clubhouse and we just sit around and, and gab about the game and hang out and join up and do parties i'm going way too long with this stuff i should just stop why haven't I? St I'm stopping. Okay. Neptune writes in to the Sea of Thieves Keelhaw first mate's log. He says, Well, been trying to introduce the wife to Sea of Thieves. We were just island hopping, looking for random things and letting her fight skeletons to learn the game. Found a map with six chests down in the Devil's Roar. Thought I'd take her just for a look before we log off since she hadn't seen that part of the map. Well, spent nearly an hour digging them up dealing with skeletons and geysers with no food only to leave and meet a megalodon well didn't end so well <laughs> with the meg sending me flying and her trying to deal with a chest of sorrows and the megalodon for her first time neptune thank you for sharing that story i am really hoping that that didn't scar her to the point where she didn't want to touch the game again uh hopefully it was exciting and and scary at the same time and it sounded like a lot of fun i i love uh, uh every once in a while i'll be playing and it's it for some reason it's always during a kraken my wife will come in and i'll be like look 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 it's a kraken she's like oh cool is that the game i'm like yeah it's the game what what else do i play and uh it's it's uh, nice but she has no interest so i, I kind of have to live with that and then zach attack reached out to me uh this last week and he actually you know he wanted to join the discord he wanted to, to share his first mate's log just like i i said you guys should do you should join the first mate's log it's really fun so he wrote in and i have to give him uh, credit for actually uh, uh, taking the taking the time to actually do this so he wrote and he says ahoy captain logan i've got a first mate's tale that's bound to hit you in your og pirate fields a fortnight ago me and a pal ventured out on the west 
Black Powder Reaper Voyage, which inevitably pit us against a rival ship at Kraken's Watchtower. One particular time, after being killed and sunk, we sailed back to spot a sloop and a galleon in close combat, as a Meg circled the pair, wanting to join the action. Once we had finally managed to tap all of the boom boxes on Watchtower, we headed over to Sailor's Knot Stronghold and faced a similarly intense circumstance. I was having difficulty finding the last keg when we mate Ryan reported that the enemy galleon was fast approaching. I finally got the bloody barrel, and as the others came ashore to take on the fort, so there were gunshots and blasts going off around me as I was digging up the stronghold barrel and hightailing it out to there with a cache in my reaper's sails. These two instances in our voyage, voyage had me reminiscing over the early days of the Sea of Thieves, when the Hungerin' Deep was brand new and skull forts were still a rarity in the realm. Ryan is a fairly new player, so he couldn't have been aware of what I was feeling. But for a day, one black dog like old swashbumbling Bill Sl- The name. You can, do you have a funny pirate name? For for if you have a funny pirate name, you gotta tell me what your fire funny pirate name is. <laughs> for a day one black sea dog like old swashbumbling Bill Slank. It was an experience the likes of which I'll not forget for quite a while. Zack Attack, thank you for that story. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you had that that feeling of dealing with multiple ships, going after the same kind of treasure, the same kind of loot, and really having to to knuckle down and and hold fast and and stick your ground and and fight the good fight and get your treasure so you can get that reward and uh, make it worth it. Because man, the victory smile that you have after some of those fights is so worth it. It's so so amazing to get those experiences, and I'm glad you had one of those opportunities uh my adventures on the sea of thieves have definitely been pretty exciting i've had a really good time doing forts and doing runs with different people as well as working on tall tales uh i had a sloop sneak up on me the other day and almost get me but they uh oh man it was good too they snuck aboard and they pulled their ship around they had to have been on cannon cove before i actually got there because i sailed up to cannon cove and just as i was getting ready to set, set foot on the island to finish up a tall tale for the revenge of the morning star i noticed a sloop out of the corner of my vision i saw them coming around the island i was like oh man all right i'm gonna have to deal with this they had the they had the jolly roger flying and i knew what their intentions were what i didn't know is that there was a man with a with a chest of sorrows swimming up to my ship behind me so as i'm laying shots into the end of the sloop as they're sailing around they're hitting me as well i start getting hit from behind by a by a, a, a dull blade and it hurts me just enough to the point where i kind of realize what's going on i get my wits about me and I pull out my saber and I start to block and parry as best I can. I jump down below deck and I grab some bananas and I shove them in my face as fast as I can. I'm just shoving them down my face in my mouth. It's making a mess. I probably look like a child with a bunch of food on my fingers and on my mouth. It's it's a mess. And I get above deck and I pull out my flintlock pistol and I fire a shot and I miss one and he fires one and he misses and we get into a sword duel on the top deck and we're trying to stay on top of this canopy as I'm as I'm trying 
trying to get away from him, I manage to cut the dog down. And as I send him to the ferry, I raise the anchor, drop the sail, and start sailing off towards Sanctuary Outpost. And I start to go below deck to kind of deal with some of the repairs because I've already dropped a couple cannon shots with some curse balls into the other sloop. So I know the other sloop, they got hit with a piece ball, they can't fire, and I hit them with a, a, a anchor ball so they couldn't go anywhere. And they had to recoup. Plus the shots that I got in normally meant that they had to repair and bilge as well too. So as I'm sailing off, I'm completely blind from where I'm going. I just know I'm heading out west and I know Sanctuary Outpost is out west. So as I'm bilging and I'm, I'm hitting pole, or I'm hitting holes, uh, with with wood planks to try and seal up what what damage i've taken i notice that down next to the closing chest clothing chest getting all of my clothes completely soaked is a cursed chest crying its eyes out just completely blubbering and i thought man had i not been the pirate that i am those dogs could have sunk me quickly not only were they laying shots into my ship but they anchored me and they managed to kill me once and they managed to get me uh get my my chest get a chest of sorrows aboard and i'm so thankful that i was able to kill that guy get aboard and get going so that i could actually go and so i sailed out to sanctuary outpost after i got everything repaired and i sold that chest and then i just i, I tried to engage with them again because they killed my skeleton but they didn't know where to dig up the skull and they they fled they ran they ran pretty fast and after that i realized that there was no way i was going to be able to find out where they killed that captain so i had to go restart my tall tale and that was kind of a bummer but uh, i ended up finishing the the last of the the tall tales revenge of the morning star after that and uh man that was a that was a good fight they almost had me almost but not quite and today today was the last day that they ever regret coming across captain logan pirates that's gonna do it for this episode thank you i hope you enjoyed it so much i hope you had a good time and this gets you through the rest of the week as you work on those bill uh black powder um sail or uh, voyages god i can't it's sorry i'm i'm you can tell it's the end of the episode because i can't talk anymore uh but basically i just wanted to say thank you because i love you pirates you you mean so much to me and all the support that you give me i love seeing it on twitter i love seeing you talk in the discord and get into groups and get stuff done doing uh um loot stacking like mina fairy um so that she can help get people in the discord up to pirate legend and i i want you to help me get this out to other people if you could help me get this out to other people i would be so grateful so do me a favor if you have time if you have access go on to itunes leave a review an honest review it will help the algorithm get it out to there go on to youtube uh find find my my channel find captain logan's find the keel hauled episode hit the like button hit the subscribe if that's how you like to actually uh listen to the podcast go on to spotify listen to, to it through spotify share it with a friend um i have merchandise now it's got the keel hauled logo on it and i'm i'm looking to make uh make sure that people have access to like mugs and phone cases t-shirts um i sent out one as a, a contest um reward for the person that found uh my easter egg uh I, they found it and i sent them out so i'm hope, hoping they got it uh and everything worked out great and they like it and uh yeah that's 
if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do it. As always, you can always hit me up um, on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always reach me in the Keel Hall podcast Discord. Uh, there's links in the show notes as well. My, my gamer tag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. And you can always send me an email with your story or your feedback or your thoughts on anything that I talked about today at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.